19. The Bible says that if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. This morning I want to talk to you about the spirit of cooperation. Father, I thank you, Lord, for Lord, what you are doing, Lord, in and through New Bethel and also Alpha International Church. Lord, I, I don't believe this is coincidence. I don't think it's just good business. I, Lord, I, I, I think it is, it is in the divine providence and the will of God. And God, I just pray, Lord, today, Lord, that uh, you will help us, Father, Lord, to develop, Lord, this a spirit of cooperation. Father, I just pray your anointing rests upon the message, upon the messenger, Lord, this morning. Give us ears to hear the word of the Lord. Father, for the glory of God we ask, and all of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Talking about the spirit of cooperation. How many agree that life would be better for everybody if people would simply adopt the spirit of cooperation? Paul said in our text that, it is, that if it is possible, he said, as much as it depends on you, he said to live peaceably with all men. I want you to notice that, that Paul said, as much as it depends on you. Well, how many understand that, that it mostly does depend upon us? It mostly does depend upon us. If we would treat other people like we would like to be treated, more often than not, they in turn would treat us well too. Let me understand this morning that little, if anything, is done without cooperation. Without cooperation, the children of Israel would never have possessed the promised land. Without cooperation, the walls of Jericho would never have fallen. Without cooperation, the 5,000 hungry families would never have been fed all you can eat fish and chips on that slopey hillside out of that little boy's lunch if it weren't for cooperation. Now, on the other hand, nearly anything can be accomplished with a spirit of cooperation. The Bible talks about the time when the people were building the Tower of Babel. That's found in the book of Genesis chapter number 11. And God said to them in verse number 6, and I'm going to paraphrase what God said. God said, these people are so unified. God said these people are working together with such cooperation. God said that nothing that they try and do will be withheld from them. That's what God said about how powerful the spirit of cooperation can be. I want to be clear this morning. What I have to share today is applicable both to us as a church body but also as individuals. I am going to be talking about unity. I am going to be talking about cooperation. Our church with, with the Alpha Church. I am going to talk about that. But I also want you to understand and realize that what I'm talking about today is applicable to you and I in every area of our life. Let me ask you this morning, what would our marriages be like if both spouses possessed the spirit of cooperation? What kind of a marriage could we have? And what would our communities be like if each individual entity worked together in a spirit of cooperation? What could happen in business? What could happen uh, uh, in, in our government? And the list is absolutely endless this morning. Yes, the next 18 months or so will demand a spirit of cooperation. It will demand a spirit of cooperation, I believe, not only on our part, but also on the part of Alpha International Church. And I sense their desire to do that. Because as of this weekend, we are now roommates. 
roommates. I was telling the Alpha Church yesterday, I remember when my son went to college and he had a roommate. Now, most of you know my son, Chad, and he is a perfectionist. He is a melancholy with a capital M. I mean, he, everything has to be in order. Everything has to be perfect. And if it's not, he, he, he don't know how to handle it. And they put Gary, Mr. Messy, in with Chad, Mr. Perfect. And they butted heads a little bit at the beginning. They're roommates and one is a perfectionist and the other is a slob. Now he's a nice slob. Everybody likes Gary, but he's sloppy. He's messy. How in the world are they going to cohabit? How in the world are they going to be roommates when one is Mr. Perfect and one is Mr. Messy? Well, let me just tell you what they uh, ended up doing. Here's what they ended up doing. They had a little powwow, a little sit down, and here's what they came up with. It was okay for Gary to be messy as long as he didn't mind Chad coming behind him and picking up after him. And so Chad would hang up his clothes and Chad would pick up his messes because, because Chad couldn't live like that. In order for Chad to be able to be happy, he had to, he had to pick up after Gary. In order for Gary to be happy, he had to be a free spirit. <laughs> well, as of yesterday, we have become roommates. And I don't think either one of us are Mr. Messy. Now, this guy might be Mr. Melancholy. I'm not sure. He, he may be Mr. Perfect. I'm not sure about that. But we are now roommates and we're going to cohabit this building. No doubt it will be a challenge. But listen to me, friend. It will work if we possess a spirit of cooperation. Now here's what I want us at New Bethel to keep in mind. And that is that we're going to be roommates for 18 months. But after that, we're going to be neighbors. Yeah, we're going to be roommates for 18 months and we need to get along and we need to make this thing work for a lot of various reasons. I'm going to talk about some of those reasons this morning. But I want to tell you that not only are we going to be roommates for 18 months, but in 18 months' time or so, we're going to be right next door. We are going to be neighbors. And I, I, don't, I, I want us to move out of this place, amen, uh, loving each other, liking each other, getting along, and not just being good roommates, but becoming incredible neighbors in the years to come. And so I challenge all of us today to adopt the spirit of cooperation, to treat Alpha like we want them to treat us. I want to encourage you today and challenge you today to go the second mile. I want to challenge you today to treat them with the utmost of respect. Oh, I want, I want us to leave this building eight months from now as friends and fellow laborers of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, enough of that for a little bit. Let's, let's just talk about the spirit of cooperation. Let me, let me begin this morning by talking about what it isn't. Let's talk about what it isn't. Well, let me suggest, first of all, it isn't suppressing principles. Cooperation doesn't mean that we will suppress or compromise our principles. You see, it's okay, it's even necessary sometimes to bend on preference, but never on principle. And there's a difference between cooperation and compromise. And I could camp here for a long time, but I don't have time this morning. We're talking about what the spirit of cooperation isn't. And, and, and the notes are, are on the back of the bulletin, if you, if you haven't discovered that yet. 
talking about what the spirit of cooperation is. And let me suggest number two, it isn't suffocating individuality. It isn't suffocating individuality. Unity is not uniformity. Unity says we're going to come together. Uh, uh, Unity says we are going to cooperate and we're going to do this based on essential areas that we can agree upon and we are going to overlook minor differences. Now, on the other hand, uniformity says we're going to to become a carbon copy of one another. This is not what I'm talking about. The spirit of cooperation does not demand that we suffocate our individuality. How many understand we can be different and still get along? We can be different and still get along. Alpha International Church uh, celebrates the Sabbath. They are a Seventh-day Adventist church. And so they celebrate the Sabbath from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. They have their main worship service on the Sabbath. We at New Bethel, the heathens, (laughs) we celebrate the Lord's Day. We celebrate the Lord's Day, Sunday, And and, and we celebrate the Lord's Day Sunday. We have our main worship service on Sunday. See, each church has its distinct doctrine that differs in different areas. And yet both hold to the fundamental and the essential teaching of Jesus Christ, the teaching of his substitutionary work on the cross as the only way of salvation, where Jesus said in John 14 and 6, and Alpha has it on their sign, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, amen, and no one comes to the Father but by me. He's not a way. He's not one of many ways. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way besides the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we agree upon. And that is the essential to salvation. And all the other stuff don't really matter all of that much, really. And when we get to heaven, it's going to be interesting to figure out what we were right about and what they were right about. And some other groups were right about and what some of us were wrong about. But the main thing to be right about, and that is that the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, did for us what we could never, ever do for ourselves. And that's what we unify over. Now also, we as individuals can cooperate with other people in life without suppressing our principles or suffocating our individuality. We can be different and still get along. Fact of the matter is, we... We can be opposites and still get along and still love one another. The fact of the matter is, opposites attract. Me and my wife are nothing alike. She's nice. I'm a bulldog. Call it like it is. She likes routine. I like challenge or a change. She likes to stay put. I like to move. She's passive. I'm aggressive. She's a peacemaker. I'm a gunslinger. She's a worrier. So I always make sure she has something to worry about. 
like selling our church and taking on a $2 million debt and cohabiting with another church in the process. We're nothing alike. And yet on June the 17th this year, brother, not 19 years, but June the 17th this year, we will celebrate 40 years of marriage. We married at five. We're going to celebrate 40 years of marriage. And in 40 years of marriage, we have never been separated even for one day as far as separation. Uh, We've never used the D word, divorce, one single time in 40 years. We are one in marriage, and yet we both have retained our individuality. The spirit of cooperation does not mean you suffocate your individuality. All right, we've talked a little bit about what the spirit of cooperation is not. Now let's talk a little bit about what it is. Talk about what it is. First of all, let me suggest, and pastors already said it, it's spiritual in nature. The spirit of cooperation is spiritual in nature. The spirit of, of, of cooperation is a spiritual matter. Pastor said it well. It's not because we have a contract. It's because we're brothers. It's because we are the part of the body of Christ. And it's because it is a spiritual thing. It is the right thing to do. You see, what we have or don't have on the inside of us is displayed on the outside of us through our actions. Matthew 12 and 34, Jesus said, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Friend, if you want to know what's in a person's heart, it's not hard to figure out what's in their heart. All you got to do is spend some time with them and you just begin to listen to what is coming out of their mouth because what is continually coming out of their mouth, it is coming from what is on the inside of their heart because out of the abundance of the heart, that's what comes through the mouth. The spirit of cooperation is spiritual in nation. Turn with me to the 133rd division of the psalm. Psalm 133 and verse 1. David writes, he says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And he describes it. He said, It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon, Descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore. Man, I could camp there for a long time. Don't have time for that either this morning. But I want you to notice these words in verse number three. For there, say there. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. Let me ask you, where is there? He said there. The Lord commanded the blessing. Where is there? What is he talking about here? He's talking about unity, is he not? He's talking about unity. He's talking about the spirit of cooperation. Uh, uh, The spirit of cooperation, friend, is spiritual in nature. And let me tell you this morning, and you need to get this this morning, and some of you need it more than others, but let me tell you this morning that, that, that it brings with it the blessing of the Lord. You say, Pastor, why am I not having the blessing of the Lord uh, in my life? Maybe it's because uh, you are always in the center of controversy. Maybe it's because you're always causing division. 
and you wonder why you are not blessed like other Christians are blessed. You wonder why your life doesn't go like other, uh, some other Christians' life goes. But listen, if you had examined your life and you would understand that you are always in some kind of point of controversy, whether it's in the church, whether it's at work, whether it's with your friends or whatever, you are the instigator of all kinds of trouble and problems. Amen. Listen, I mean, the Bible said the blessing comes, the blessing of the Lord comes uh, to those that know how to have a spirit of cooperation. And that's the blessing of the Lord upon those, the blessing of the Lord comes to those that have a spirit of cooperation. Let me say something else what the spirit of cooperation is. It's shared goals. Spirit of cooperation is shared goals. In Mark chapter 2, and I love this story because there's so much preaching material in that. And brother, we like preaching material, don't we? And I, I, I love Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. And it hadn't been that long ago we preached about it, but we preached about something else uh, about that. So, uh, but let, let's read that this morning. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. It says that again, Jesus entered into Capernaum after some days and it was heard that he was in the house. So immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. And then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Some of the scribes were sitting there reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemy like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason uh, about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, go to your house, Immediately he arose, took up the bed, went out into the presence of them all, and all were amazed and glorified God and said, we never saw anything like this. Here in Mark chapter 2, we find an incredible, perfect example of cooperation. In this story, four men share the same goal. And their goal is to get their paralyzed friend to Jesus and get him healed. Now there was absolutely no way that any one of these four men could reach their goal by themselves. It was only through cooperation on the part of all four of these men could they get to their intended destination. If that's the president, tell him we'll call him back. (laughs) Let me point out four things that these four men had in common. Four four things these four men had in common. Number one, they had the same friend. They had the same friend. Now, whether or not these four men were friends with each other, we don't know. They probably were, but we don't know. But what we do know is that the paralytic must have been friends with all four of these men. Now, Pastor Perkins and I were not friends before they began the process of stalking. (laughs) We were not friends before they started the process of buying this building. We had never met 
before. But listen, we both had a mutual friend and his name is Jesus. Not only did these four men have the same friend, but they had the same focus. They had the same focus. Their focus was on getting their paralyzed friend to where Jesus was so that Jesus could heal their friend. Now, New Bethel and Alpha have the same focus. We both have a desire to get hurting men into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ so that the Lord Jesus Christ can change their lives. Now, our styles might be different and our methods might be different. Uh, We don't uh, dot our I's and cross our T's uh, the very same way and yet we still have the same focus. Third thing they had in common was they had the same faith. They had the same faith. Verse number five said, in Jesus, when Jesus saw their faith, he saw their faith. He didn't just see the faith of of, of the paralytic or just the, the faith of maybe one. No, the Bible said that when Jesus saw their faith, everyone present there the day, that day had faith. They shared the same Faith. Let me tell you, you've already heard the story. It has taken an incredible amount of faith on the part of both New Bethel and Alpha International Church to step out and do what we are both attempting to do. We are sharing the same faith. And then number four, let me suggest they had the same fervor. There's no telling how many obstacles these four men had to overcome in order to get their friend from where he was into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who knows how many hurdles they had to jump over in order to make this happen. And actually when they finally get to where Jesus is, oh, they find that the house where Jesus is ministering in is so full of people, there's not even room for one more. It is so packed you can't even get the door open, the Bible says. They could have easily given up and gone home. But instead they became very creative and they tied ropes to each end of the stretcher and they removed some of the roof of the house and they lowered their friend down into the room where Jesus was. All four of these men were determined to make this thing happen. Well, let me tell you something this morning. Uh, Let me tell you that two pastors have worked diligently. Two pastors have worked extremely hard. Two pastors have had to be very creative. Two pastors have have, have had to jump over a lot of obstacles. Pastor Perkins could have got that straightforward text and said, well, we'll just go somewhere else. but he was determined. Amen? And let me tell you, it's not over yet. We have 18 months to work together in order for us all to reach our intended destination. And friend, just as these four men needed each other in order to reach their shared goal, let me tell you that New Bethel and Alpha, we all, both of us need one another. Neither one of us can reach our intended goal by ourselves. We need them and they need us. But together, amen, in a spirit of cooperation, we can both get to where God wants us to be. Amen. 
We're talking about what the spirit of cooperation is this morning. It's spiritual in nature. It's shared goals. Let me share that it's shouldering responsibility. All four of these men had their corner of responsibility. If any one of these four men would have dropped their corner or would have dug in their heels or even just got out of step with with where the other three were uh, and out of step with the other three, then at best, at best it would have slowed down the process. At best it would have placed an undue and greater burden on the other three. At worst case, the goal would not have been accomplished. Their friend would not have got into the presence of Jesus and he would not have been healed. Now whether we are talking about us as a church and what we are attempting to do right now or as individuals and what is going on in our own individual and personal lives, all of us have a corner of responsibility. And my question to you this morning, are you holding up your end? You have a corner of responsibility this morning, whether we're talking about New Bethel and the things ahead. And by the way, are you holding up your corner of responsibility? Let me tell you that some of you are not. Some of you are not. Amen? You have all of the benefits of New Bethel Church, but make no contribution. It's the bulldog coming out here. We all have a corner of responsibility. I'm asking you this morning, are you holding up your corner of responsibility? Amen. Are you? Are you in step? Are you in step or are you dragging your heels? Because if you're dragging your heels, that makes it a bigger burden for the other three. If you're dragging your heels, that makes it that makes the process a whole lot more difficult. Amen. The easiest way to get there is if everybody holds up their corner of responsibility and if everybody gets in line and everybody gets in step and if everybody gets in step, it's going to be a whole lot easier to get where we're going. Amen. Are we holding up our end or are we shirking our responsibility, therefore causing added stress and a heavier burden to fall on somebody else? I could camp there a while, but I won't. What is the spirit of cooperation? Let me suggest that it's structured planning. Pastor hit on this. Let me understand cooperation requires a plan. This paralyzed friend would not have gotten to Jesus without a plan of action. And there's no doubt that there was probably more than one plan that was suggested. My experience tells me there was five men, so there was probably five plans suggested. And perhaps there was more than one good plan. Because most desired destinations can be arrived at more than one way. I can get to my house more than one way. And there's a couple of ways I can go that it doesn't make 30 seconds difference. It can, I can get there just as easy and just as fast one way as I can the other. Five plans probably suggested, probably more than one. That was a good plan. But in order to make something happen, in order to achieve a desired goal, one plan and one plan only must be implemented. And everybody else must submit to the plan, even if their plan 
wasn't the plan chosen. You stop shouting now. You know, we, we haven't even physically started. We've been, I've been working for months, but we haven't even physically started the construction of our new building. And I, I can't tell you how many people have already told me what they want in the building. And, and that's okay. That's, that, that's okay. I understand it's human nature. We all have our opinion. We all have our idea about things. But if we are to reach our desired destination, we must be willing to submit to one plan. If these four men would have demanded that their plan be implemented, if these four men would have taken their corner and each pulled in a different direction, demanding their way, the result would have been, oh, that they would have pulled the stretcher apart and the paralyzed man would have fallen on the ground. And friend, the reason why some churches and the reason why some marriages and some corporations fall on their face and fail to reach their destination is because of a failure in structured planning where everybody involved submits to the same plan. But instead, people pull in different directions and literally pull their dream apart. What is the spirit of cooperation? Well, it's spiritual in nature. It's shared goals. It's shouldering responsibilities. It's structured planning, and finally, it's scarcely found. The sad fact is the spirit of cooperation seldom witnessed. When one out of every two marriages are ending in divorce, is the spirit of cooperation abounding in marriage? When churches are splitting over the most ridiculous thing, what does this tell us about the spirit of cooperation? You say, Pastor, why would people refuse to cooperate? Well, thanks for asking. Let me suggest four possibilities and then we're done this morning. I'll give you four reasons why people refuse to cooperate. Number one is because of pride. Friend, hear this part of this message if you haven't heard the rest. When you peel off all the layers and when you get to the core, more often than not, you will discover that pride is at the core of just about every sin. Pride. Of course it is. Pride was at the core of the very first sin when Lucifer rebelled against God. People who refuse to exhibit the spirit of cooperation, they do so because of pride. They are too proud to submit to authority. Their attitude is, who is he to tell me what to do? Pride. Pastor Perkins, I built this church. Yeah, you also sold it. My way is better. Oh, why have they chosen the route they have chosen? Why didn't they listen to me? It's my way or the highway. Pride. Well, I've been doing this, I've been doing this thing longer than they have been alive, and they want me to work for them. 
They are going to leave me? No way. Pride. Proverbs 11 and 2, the wisdom writer said that pride leads to disgrace. He said in Proverbs 16 and 18, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. He said in verse, in chapter 29 and verse 23, pride ends in humiliation. Another reason why some people refuse to cooperate is prejudice. Let me just tell you that if you're prejudiced, you're not going to like New Bethel. Because we're not. Look around this morning. And you white people, you, you, you come in here the second service and there'll be more them than us. But it's all us. Arlington's a melting pot. Heaven is going to be a melting pot. The most segregated place in America today is the church. Not so at New Bethel. And as long as I'm your pastor, prejudice is not allowed at New Bethel. Some people have preconceived ideas of how things are supposed to be, who's supposed to be in charge. Some people have a problem with the color of somebody's skin. Some people have a problem with somebody's race or nationality. Why do some people not possess the spirit of cooperation? Prejudice. And what is under this layer of prejudice when you peel it back? Pride. Preference is another reason why some people don't cooperate. Preference. When I didn't vote for this, I'm not cooperating. Well, if they'd paint the walls this color instead of that color, I would go along. But since they're not, I'm going to drag my feet. Preference. Again, when you peel the layer of preference back, what do you find underneath? Pride. And notice one last reason why some people refuse to cooperate, and that's presumption. Presumption. This is not the way I thought it was going to be. I thought we were doing it this way. I thought it would work out that way. I thought it would look like this. This is not the way I saw it coming down. Therefore, I'm going to dig my heels in the ground. I'm going to build myself an army and I'm going to attack this thing. Once again, behind and underneath every sin, when the layers are peeled off, Underneath it all, at the core of every sin, after the last layer is peeled back, there it is. Pride. Pride. Why is the spirit of cooperation seldom found? Because people are proud. Pastor Braden, would you come and whoever else you want to bring with you this morning? Because people are proud. Proud of who they are. Proud of what they've done. Proud of what they know. Proud of the position they have. God forgive us for our pride and our arrogance. God help us to remember where we came from. How many of you remember where you came from? Dirt. Dirt. 
We're all dirty. God help us to humble ourselves so God doesn't have to do it for us. Luke chapter 14 and verse 11 says, those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Friend, although the spirit of cooperation is scarcely found, I pray that it will be found in abundance at New Bethlehem. And I challenge us all in the next 18 months or so to practice a spirit of cooperation. New Bethel, I challenge us today to take the high road. I challenge us today to go the extra mile. I challenge us today to do more than is expected. I challenge us to treat our brothers and sisters of Alpha International Church the way that we would want them to treat us. Would you stand with me this morning? Let me remind you that today that the spirit of this lesson today is not meant just for our new relationship with Alpha International Church. But we need to practice the spirit of cooperation in every part. Every part of our lives. What would our marriages be like if we practiced the spirit of cooperation? I'm having all kinds of trouble at work. Well, are you in the middle of contention?